Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah to you, Jesus. every yoke of the enemy and their flesh. We thank you, Jesus. I pray for your glory to fall in this place. I pray for your power to manifest in this place. I pray for your victory <coughs> to manifest in their place. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. We give you all the glory. And remember the victory that you gave us at the cross. Publicly, you triumphed over Satan by your blood. And today we declare by your blood, not only are we free, but we are victorious. So we can win life today. Thank you, Lord. We are winners. We are not losers, we are not sufferers, we are winners and we thank you for the victory that you gave us at the cross. I pray for your spirit of grace today to come upon our life so we can win in everything we do today. Is everyone warm, cold? What's the weather like? Can we put the aircon? Um, Jesse, that's why you got the aircon on. You got a beanie on. Put the aircon down, bro. <laughs> and short. <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. Um, are, we, are we cold? Are we warm? Are we okay? Good? Just put the aircon down a little touch, please. How are we all today? We're good? Who's ready for today? <coughs> Who's ready for today? Amen. Yeah. I have a little treasure I will share with you today that the Holy Spirit shared with me during the week. But I'll share it. It's, it's connected to this message. So what did we learn about last week? Can everyone hear me clearly? What did we learn about last week? Let's see if anyone switched on. What did we learn about last week? How to walk in the will of God. Okay. Anyone else? Growing in wisdom? Yeah. A little bit. What did I preach about last week? I preached and I hit, I hit a certain area. Can anyone remember? Who was here last week? Yeah. 
no one puts their hands up anymore. <laughs> so last week I preached about the blockage of why wisdom cannot, cannot fall into someone's heart. Everyone, everyone remember that? So the struggle of why wisdom cannot enter into someone's heart. Yes, we remember that, right? Or no? Oh, well. All right. So what's the opposite of wisdom? Foolishness. Good. And where does foolishness lead you to? So the opposite of wisdom, unfortunately, if you lack wisdom, naturally operate in foolishness. What's connected to foolishness? Starts with P. Good. So pride. So <coughs> unfortunately, if we are devoid or we're lacking wisdom in our life, naturally we operate in foolishness. Where pride is connected to, which allows us to sin. Okay, we've established that. So last week, if you haven't listened, please go back and listen. Because let's say you're praying for, let's say you're praying for wisdom and it's not coming. There's a reason why. And there's probably a hundred verses that I shared with last week of why pride cannot enter, uh, why, not, why, pride, why wisdom cannot enter someone's life. So today it's a bit different. <coughs> I'm not going to go there. I'll stay on this side. Go to Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 to 4, please. <coughs> so also, I'd like to thank everyone behind the scenes making this all work. I uh, appreciate you all. Thank you. Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 4. Okay, please understand everyone here. I want you to understand how important it is to receive wisdom that comes from God. You cannot succeed in your journey with Christ unless you walk in God's wisdom. And I shared last week the importance of wisdom and all the benefits of wisdom and why wisdom is actually rejected and why it doesn't come into a person like it should. I can't tell you how important wisdom is, and I'll share a treasure of how powerful wisdom is. <coughs> so we go to Proverbs 24, verse 3 uh, to 4. So there's one more verse after this. <coughs> so what is a house symbolic of? For, for us today in, in the New Testament, what is a house symbolic of? Us, our whole life. What, what do you have inside of you? You have a soul, spirit, can't hear you. You have a soul, you have a spirit, you have the mind, and your body. Thank God someone got that. So by wisdom a house is built. So he's speaking about how we are built up. What does Jude 1.20 say? I'm not talking about praying in spirit. I'm talking about 
by building yourself up. So it's talking about a building again. Are we understanding? So when it talks about a house here, <coughs> when you accept Christ, is the house already erected? When you accept Christ, what happens? What happens? The beginning begins, not the end. A lot of people think when they receive Christ, that's it, it's settled. No, it's the beginning. And a lot of people, <laughs> uh, something I'll share, a bit different. Jesus ju doesn't judge the beginning of your journey. He judges the end. We'll start here. Jesus judges the end of your journey. So this once saved, always saved, yeah, you begin to look deeply at it. This doctrine uh, sounds comforting, but when you read the letters in Revelation, it's not true. And this false grace that is out there, it's not true. And yes, Jesus wants everyone to be saved. He's not slow in keeping his promises, but he wants everyone to come to. Not everyone repents. In Christianity today, unfortunately, there's the division of the sheep and the goats, the true believer and the false believer. So, let me tell you this today, humbly. You have free will to do what you want. But Jesus judges the end of your journey. Because that's how he can see if you've really allowed his spirit to actually transform you and change you. And wisdom is a major principle for this. So it's interesting, Jesus judges the end of your journey. Go away from me. I don't know you. You who commit iniquity. Iniquity is like a lawlessness. It's like a, it's like a deep rebellious nature that hasn't been dealt with. So God's bringing order in our hearts by His grace. He's bringing order in our lives. So I don't want to go down this. I just want to share with you that Jesus judges the end of your journey. And unfortunately, those who are devoid of wisdom, I'll show you in the scripture, those who are devoid of wisdom in the Bible, they were devoid of the oil. And what does oil speak about? No. The five foolish and the five wise. So they were lacking oil and devoid of wisdom from the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes shares with you that they were actually devoid of wisdom. Because everyone, when they become born from above or born again, whichever way suits you, we all have the Holy Spirit, but we have wisdom to begin to work with Him. So by wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. Now I'm preaching from Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 that the will of God is that you receive the wisdom. Now can I just, I'll finish this scripture first, uh, AJ. I'll finish this scripture first <coughs> and then we'll quickly go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 from last week if you can. So it says by wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. 
Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Isn't that interesting? Now, can I, can I tell you something? Where is treasure found today? Where is treasure found? Where? Where is treasure found today? Physical, physical. In the natural, in the ground, symbolic of that when wisdom comes in your life, he starts to uh, work very deep inside of you where all those precious stones and the gold and the crystals and the diamonds are. It's when you allow him to work deep in you and wisdom does that. There's no such thing as coming to Christ and you're shallow. God has to work deep in you and wisdom of God does that. So through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Uh, thanks for that. So can we go quickly to Colossians chapter 1 verse 9? I want to show you the importance of wisdom. Now, I, I preached last year about the importance of wisdom being the fear of the Lord. I spent so many weeks there about the importance of the fear of the Lord and how all the blessings are through the fear of the Lord. This is a different direction. <coughs> Sorry to take you off guard, but yeah, the Colossians. Oh, good. Yeah. So for this reason, now, now, this is about understanding his will. Now, a lot of people think the will of God, go preach the gospel, bring people to Christ. It's a, it's a bit deeper than that. It says, for this reason, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Now, when you see the apostles or the disciples praying for people, there's something that needs to be imparted to them. There's something that they want them to actually walk in, which is something that we need to learn. So what does it say here? It shows you that, that Paul's prayer life for the body of Christ or the church was that they grow in this major principle. What was that principle? What was that principle? And, and he says, Since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. So something you must understand today is that whatever is important there is important for you today. Are you approaching God in the right way? Are you approaching God in the right direction? Because it's crucial that you pick up the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit. That you understand where He's taking you. And in the beginning, there's love, there's compassion, there's mercy. We know that. We've been here long enough to know that, right? Jesus died for us. Our, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life by His blood. We know what Jesus has done for us now. Now He wants to excel us. We've received His love, we've received His mercy, we've received His compassion. For those who rebel, I have nothing to say further. But for us, we've accepted. Now, we have a duty to grow in his wisdom. Is that important to your life? Because if it's not important to your life, then you cannot escape from foolishness. You cannot escape from pride. You must understand. So it says, what does it mean to cease? 
it means that they were praying for the saints, the body of Christ, the church, that they grow in wisdom. One day, they were ceasing to cease, as in they didn't stop praying for them to actually get the greatest treasure for them. So let's keep going. <coughs> let's go to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. Now this is, we're getting into the deeper stuff. Who, who likes Holy Spirit treasures? I'll share something with you that I heard. I wasn't going to share it. I was going to actually let it slide to the next couple of weeks. Oh, the camera, I don't want to be on the camera. Um, Proverbs chapter 9 verse 1. It's foundation now. Yeah. Wi-Fi, beautiful. Beautiful. Becky, we paid our internet bill. <laughs> I'm only joking. As well, just off topic... We're all good now? I'll keep going. Keep going. Um, on, on I want everyone to see the scripture. <laughs> so, I forgot to tell you that um, next, not this Friday, next Friday I'll be sending the money to Zambia for the man to um, buy the land and build the church. Now, for, for just off topic, it's good. <coughs> so, just a background of how God connected me with this man. Um, we had a, we had a, like a apostle, prophet, and pastor's conference on, on Zoom maybe three years ago, and, the Holy, and it was probably 300 of us. And the Holy Spirit said to connect with one, of one, one man out of the whole group, which I was already connected with another guy before that, but he told me to connect with this man. He's from Zambia. And it's interesting. I'm going to send, we're going to send by the grace of God, anyone who wants to give to this cause, I'll just give you a background so we can understand. Um, when I was praying for him, remember I shared with you, the Lord took me to his house when I was praying in my room, and it was 70% um, not complete, remember? We all remember that? So for anyone that wasn't here, when I was praying in the Spirit, the Lord took me to his house in Zambia, and I saw 70% of his house not complete. And the Holy Spirit said, send money to, for him to complete his house. So I, I said, I said um, um, when the Holy Spirit said, send money to complete his house, then in the same moment, the Holy Spirit said, send money for him to buy the land and to build a church on it. So I called him. I've never spoken to him. I just connected with him then. Never spoke to him since that day we connected from that conference on Zoom. I said, my friend, can I ask you something? Can you give me a, a, like a preview of your house? Because I heard the Holy Spirit tell me his house is not finished. And he's got um, six kids like me. And um, he said, yes, uh, sorry, I don't mean to be rude to you, but my house is not finished yet. And he showed me, he said, my house is probably around 60 to 70% and not finished. And he showed me all the bathrooms, the kitchen's not done, the walls aren't done. 
And the Holy Spirit told me that I will help this man. So I helped him. We sent the money. And the lady, his wife, was freaking out because there's a, there's a prophet there um, from Uganda. Nigeria. Nigeria, Nigeria. So, so a prophet in Nigeria prophesied six months before the Holy Spirit spoke to me that there'll be a man from Australia that's going to finish your house and build your land, uh, buy your land and buy your church. He prophesied it six months before. And they're saying, we know, we know no one from Australia. And then God connected us for us to help him. So he's, he's ready now. We have the contract. Uh, Pastor has the contract and the amount of how much it cost. It cost 24000 right? To buy the land and build the church. I think so. I think 24000 We've already sent five or 6000 to finish his house. But we need, not this Friday, next Friday we'll be sending the money for him to begin to do it. So whoever wants, um, the details are with um, AJ or my sister Becky or Rita. Whoever wants to give to that cause, off topic, but whoever wants to give so we can begin to send. But that's how God connected us there. Okay? So let's keep going. So Proverbs chapter 9 verse 1. Are we ready? It says here, wisdom. Uh, we're not ready yet? Oh, we're not ready yet. Okay. So Proverbs chapter 9 verse 1. Thank God that I, I wrote it here on the book. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 1. It says, wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Okay. So here... It's showing us here that wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out seven pillars. The word hewn means to carve stone or wood. It means to carve stone or wood. So you remember Peter talking about that we are living stones. We are living stones built up to offer true sacrifices to God which are pleasing to him. Remember that scripture? Anyone remember that scripture or not? Why is it a living stone? Why doesn't he just say stone? Why does he say living stone? Because we are continuously getting carved by wisdom so we can erect the true building of God, which is us. We understand that? Okay, so it talks about wisdom has seven pillars. And, and I'm going to begin to explain to you which, what pillars are they. So we can know how to grow in wisdom. Because let's say, that we, we, everyone quotes James. That it says here in um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, it says we do not cease to stop praying for wisdom. James, it tells you, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, because God gives without fault, finding, or measure. Is it a one-off thing? If Paul's praying... He did not stop ceasing to pray that they are built in God's will through wisdom. James tells you, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. He gives it a fault finding or measure. Is wisdom a one-off thing or is it something that you need to ask God continuously for? Yeah. It's something that uh, needs to continuously grow in you. Now the big question is, what is it? 
a lot of people want to know what is the wisdom that God wants us to actually focus on so we'll have a look at it here so I'll quote that scripture from 1 Peter ch- chapter 2, verse 5. It says, You also, as living stones, are being built up. He's talking about a building again. Wisdom. He's talking about building again. Are being built up, to off, uh, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through, through Jesus Christ. Now the word living stone is zeo from the Greek. 2198. It defines as this. To live and breathe, to be among the living, not lifeless, not dead. Now it's interesting, because Christianity today is lifeless and dead. And that's the truth. The majority of people that are tired and weak and vulnerable and getting attacked is more than someone that is walking powerful and anointed and in truth. The amount of people that are weak, vulnerable, getting attacked in the sphere and influence of the enemy is more than people who are walking in uncompromised truth and power. It's true. The body today is sick. Christians, they're sick today. I have a thousand people come here telling me their problems, then some people give me good report of what they're doing for God. No offense, but I just say what I'm seeing. Now it has to be brought to the light. And yes, we are to solve people's problems and to help people, but continuously, every time, the same old attacks, the same um, situation, the same strategy you're going through, when are you actually going to change? Wisdom allows you to change. The alarm, not now, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) No no time to go home now. The alarm home now, quick. The body, the believers, they're sick today. The amount of people that are mentally oppressed, emotionally oppressed, attacked in their hearts is out the roof. Why? Because when we're lacking one major principle, how to walk in the true wisdom of God. And can I tell you something about wisdom? Wisdom is so beautiful. Because it has a decision to take you forward. You never get stuck when you're operating in the true wisdom of God. And I'll tell you that, it's the truth. So, back on this. (coughs) Be patient with me, please. Back on this here. To live and breathe. This is about a living stone. A living stone. Are you a living stone? It's there. Um, no, no, not this scripture. Not this scripture. No, First uh, Peter chapter two verse five. We didn't start on the women yet. This scripture, not yet. <laughs> now everyone's going. First Peter chapter two verse five. Remember, I'm just quoting that scripture. You also, as living stones. What is wisdom? She has hewn out, carved her stone. So it's connected. You, you see the connection? The word is zeo, living stone. It means to live and breathe, to be among the living, not lifeless, not dead. And I spoke how Christianity today is lifeless and it's dead. 
We've learned to be good Christians when we're going through something or when we're in need of something or we're struggling with something. That's the truth. But God wants us to move forward now. To have true life and worthy of the name. This is what a, this is what a living stone means in the Greek for anyone who is following. In the Thea Greek Dictionary that translates from the Esau. <coughs> it means to enjoy real life to have true life and worthy of his name, to be active, blessed, endless in the kingdom of God, to be strong, efficient, and powerful. This is the, this is the fruit of wisdom. We go again to Proverbs 24, verse 5 to 6. We all good? Yes? Okay. <coughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Just give us a couple of minutes, please. Yeah or no? Projector is projector, yeah? Of course, projector. I think it's the only thing that I haven't bought yet. <laughs> Alright, we'll keep going. Is online on or it's not on? But the projector's not on. Okay, it's fine. I actually wrote a few of them down today, so maybe that was a... Yeah, anyways... Proverbs 24, verse 5 to 6, whoever is following on their phone or their Bibles, <coughs> in the New King James Version. Are we ready? Proverbs 24, verse 5 to 6. Okay, ready everyone? Okay, a wise man is strong. What is a wise man? Strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. So what happens here? Wisdom allows you to be strong and it promises you to be increased in strength. For, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. So what, what is wisdom really there for you to operate in, to teach you how to fight? The amount of people... Yeah, yeah, but just just press on pause. So don't play it. Just press on pause. <laughs> so, so can I say it like this? So many people give up in the war because they don't have strength to actually fight and to succeed and to win the battle. Is it true? Is it true? How many, the, the giving up and the walking away from the Lord is when people give up, there's no more strength. They're weary, they're, they're vulnerable, they're tired, and they give up. It's true? What's the true response to that? It's because they're lacking wisdom. What, does, what is the true meaning of wisdom? It actually prepares you for the unknown. True? 
Wisdom prepares you for the unknown, where you really know what's going to actually happen and you're actually prepared to actually fight. So a person, of, a person who struggles to grow in wisdom, they're caught off guard. Through warfare, through challenges, through trials, and they don't know how to fight. Now here in that one scripture, 24, Proverbs 24, verse 5 to 6, wisdom promises you to be strong. Wisdom promises you to increase strength. Wisdom promises you to wage your own war and to be victorious. Can I share a treasure with you? I think it's... Um, yeah. I'll do it after this one. So wisdom is used to wage war against who? The devil. And, and what is the devil after? What does le wisdom lead to? It leads to you being strong or strengthened. What does the devil want to attack you, f attack your f your, the first principle in your life? To take your strength away from you. When there's no more strength, guess what happens after there's no more strength? You don't know how to pray anymore. True? And you become a, how can I say it? You get a person who gets tossed back and forth with how the enemy attacks you. <coughs> it's true, right? He's after your strength. Where do we actually get our strength from? It's through wisdom, right? But when he attacks your strength, you don't know how to pray. And that's why so many people, you can't make this up, that's why so many people, they're weary and they're tired. Because wisdom gives you wisdom to actually fight. The giving up is in that. Is when the enemy attacks so many believers today, unfortunately the enemy will attack so many people. But the wisdom is in the wisdom is in that I can stand and I can actually overcome. It's true. So here it says here in Proverbs 24.10, same chapter, verse 10. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Good. Proverbs 24.10. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for this Lord Jesus that he doesn't stop anymore. <coughs> I don't want to say that. <laughs> if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. In the same scripture that's trying to emphasize how important wisdom is, it's showing you why your strength is small, because you lack wisdom. Are we understanding? And how do we know if our strength is small? It's when you're in the battleground. When you're in the battleground and you receive those lies and you begin to accept those lies and you don't have strength to actually believe that they're not for you. I'm not going to accept them in my life. So in adversity... If you don't have wisdom, guess what happens? You'll faint 
and your strength will be small and you'll become a victim of that. Wisdom is much more powerful than you think. I want to really emphasize that before I talk. Now, when I, was when I, when I, when I come to this scripture, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I'd like to share it with you because it's for all of us. And the Holy Spirit said the greatest definition of wisdom is actually used for war. And he said to me, I want to share something with you about David and Goliath. Are we ready? He said, wisdom has seven pillars. The la uh, David took seven instruments to fight Goliath. He took five stones, a rod and a sling. And the Holy Spirit showed me that Goliath fell because of wisdom. It's unbelievable. Clap for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Clap for him because <coughs> he showed me that Goliath fell because David walked in wisdom. And I'm going to show you in James that wisdom has seven pillars. So what David really took to strike the foolishness of the carnal mind, he fought him with wisdom. It's very powerful. So I had to share it with you. I got very excited. <laughs> but he took seven instruments to fight Goliath. Five stones, a staff, and a sling to throw the rock. And it's very powerful when you understand these mysteries of what God wants to actually do inside of our lives. And how much work needs to be done on our hearts. And how much He wants to give us. And how Christianity has become so shallow. So shallow. James chapter, James, the whole book of James is speaking about what? Wisdom, right? He also speaks about wars. You can't make it up. Proverbs talks about, proverb talks about uh, wisdom is used to war. James talks about the opposite of wisdom, there is a war also. And then the Holy Spirit connected me to David and Goliath. And how we are to really fight the battle and win, it's way beyond you. But you're going to get a taste of it today. Of what does Jesus actually want you to focus on when you're praying for wisdom? You're going to get a good look at it today. James chapter 4 verse 1. New King James Version. What are we in? What does he speak about? He speaks about where do wars and fights. You can begin to see the connection now. You can begin to see the connection now. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasures that war in your members? So you begin to see the picture now that wisdom is needed 
to fight those wars inside of us. And you're going to begin to see here what they actually are. <coughs> Before I go in there, quickly please. Uh, I want to read out these four scriptures before I get into my message. Yeah, please just bear with me. We go to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. Proverbs 21, verse 20. It's on the, it's on the screen now. So here, here, it speaks about how wisdom, how the Holy Spirit follows wisdom. How does the Holy Spirit grow in your life naturally when you focus on wisdom? The oil, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, begins to grow in your life. Who wants to grow in the Holy Spirit? To grow in the Holy Spirit is to grow in wisdom. But naturally, some, some wisdom here. When your focus is on wisdom, which has many attributes, the Holy Spirit naturally follows you. Because your desire to follow God is right. Do we get that? Naturally, the Holy Spirit will follow you. Come Holy Spirit, and I'm here, Holy, it's good. He just follows you. Because your focus is true. Your devotion is true. You focus on the very things that he's told you to. Very important you know this. Look what it says here. There is a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise. Now what happened to the five foolish? They had no more oil. What did they lack? Here. It's hidden here. A lot of people do sermons and they uh, uh, make up things. It's all in the scripture. It's there hidden for us to see. They're called foolish, right? What's the opposite of wisdom? <laughs> it's right here in front of us. They lack the wisdom. And the true wisdom allows you to escape everything of this world. And it's true. There is a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it, spills it. Because they haven't understood why they've received the Holy Spirit. Next scripture, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 8, verse 1. Now this is another good one, very powerful. Now this has many meanings, but it's a very good scripture. Who is like the wise? Who knows the explanation of things? Well, he's showing us here, wisdom gives you an explanation. Isn't it, so, isn't it interesting that so many people depart their journey with Christ because they haven't solved those deep questions in their heart where wisdom actually tells you the reason why this has happened or the reason why God has withhold something from you so here it shows you that in the, in the gift of wisdom there are explanations number one number two wisdom brightens your face so when you're naturally walking in wisdom your faith glows with the Holy Spirit. Are we understanding someone? Your faith shines. What does that show you? That the Holy Spirit now has, has begun to rub off you. 
because you've learned to grow in it. You've learned to grow in it now. Now you're shining in uh, the image of Christ because Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, right? We're understanding now. Now, this is the biggest one here. Wisdom brightens the face and changes its hard appearance. Now, isn't that interesting? That the hardness of heart is because you lack wisdom. That's a message in itself. That a person who's continuously hardening, hardening their heart, which allows you to depart from the Lord, it's because you lack wisdom in your life. It's a message in itself why so many people are struggling to walk and to be committed and to be true to their journey with Christ because they struggle wisdom. They struggle with wisdom. Now look at the procedure here. Wisdom answers all your questions. Wisdom allows what's inside you to begin to overflow from outside of you and it changes the hardness of your heart. What, is, what are the fruits of hardness of heart? Rebellious nature, control, sinful nature, doing it your own way, fear. You start to see, well, my answers, they're getting answered now. It's a deeper thing. While you continuously go through all these things like a, like a pattern in your life, it's because you haven't focused on the right things in the Lord. Are we listening? The reason why so many believers today are struggling is because they haven't opened these doors, these secrets that, have, that are designed to, to move you forward. See, even the babes ain't well. <laughs> I didn't hear that tone yet. You see those two scriptures there. It shows you in um, Matthew why the five foolish, they lack the wisdom of God. And what is wisdom today? You're going to see the beautiful treasure of the Holy Spirit here. Psalms 51 verse 6. When, when you are to grow like Jesus... Your journey is healthy. Are we listening? All your solutions are in the wisdom. All your solutions are in the wisdom of God. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. The Bible says we are to live as Jesus lived. So if he, if he operated in godly fear, he was heard because of his godly fear, then we are to operate in godly fear also. He operated in compassion, he operated in love, he operated in hope. But this one here holds them all together. So Psalms 51.6 <coughs> What Jesus wants to do in your life now <coughs> someone, someone may think I'm going to spend so much time with Jesus in the secret place. Who's practicing the secret place now to pray? And to be with the Lord. Who? How many people here? Many, right? Look what he wants to teach you. 
see a lot of people go to the secret place. Jesus, solve my problem. He says, okay, I solve your problem. Learn wisdom. Wisdom solve your problem. Because wisdom is for the mature. What does Paul say? The wise have trained themselves to what? To discern both good and evil. So what does Jesus really want to teach you in the secret place? I love you my son. I love you my daughter. In the beginning it's like that. But now he says, okay, let me begin to teach you how I walked this earth and how I became who I am. Wisdom. So, so many people, <laughs> so many people ask me, what do you hear in the secret place? <clears throat> and I tell people, I learned so much. All my, all my teachings that I learned today are from the secret place. So I'm praying here, God's teaching me wisdom. Then wisdom comes to me and I apply it in my life. One, danger, one, one dangerous thing that I didn't do, I didn't hear wisdom and then begin to share it straight away. I heard the wisdom that changed my life first, then I started to share it. See, a lot of people, they hear something, they run to tell everyone. But that is for you to actually change. So all those years I heard, I heard wisdom because I know that's what God wants to teach me from that secret place. That's the very thing He wants to impart to me, is wisdom. And what did I do? I let it cultivate my heart. I let it change me and transform me. And then I begin to share it with everyone here. Because Jesus wants your direction, Jesus wants your direction, to be true. Now how many people know where they're going in their journey with Christ? This is direction to what to focus on. Right? Now can, I, can you be honest today? Ha, ha, has your focus ever been I need to walk and focus on God's wisdom in my life? Because the whole Bible talks about the importance of wisdom and how it's a principal thing Get it? It's, it's more valuable than anything you can choose. Because all the wisdom solves all your problems. Solves all the wars inside of you. It's a, your protection. It's, the Bible says the wisdom is like protection, just like money is protection. I shared that last week. So not only wisdom is used to fight wars, it's actually designed to protect you. But I find one greatest wisdom, it's to continuously move forward. How many people don't know how to move forward with Christ? So yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. So when you go, just a bit of advice here for everyone here. When you go to spend time with Jesus, first of all, don't be quick to leave. Because the Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Some people leave with the second step. They praise him, they're ready out the door. Just a bit of advice here. I teach you the, 
the doorway to his voice. Don't be in a rush to leave. So, so many people, they leave, and the Holy Spirit is just coming to allow Jesus to be worshipped here. In your room, when you go to the secret place, don't be in a rush to leave. I spend hours there waiting on God's presence, waiting on his voice to come. And you know our flesh, we can't sit still. We can't sit still. Uh, someone comes to me uh, last week. It's okay if I walk around praying tongues, but sit still. <laughs> our flesh can't sit still. Especially in the beginning. We are so agitated and our flesh is just all over the shop. We can't sit still. So I learned in the beginning of my journey to lie down on my back. I worship you, Jesus. I come to be with you here. And it's just the experiences that I had. I just share from my experiences. The experiences that I had were beautiful. I had many experiences with the Lord like that. But our flesh in the beginning can't sit still. Get a believer to sit still and just wait on God and be with Him. They can't do it. It's too hard. I'm just sharing with you some tools. How in the beginning your flesh is going to be all over the shop. Know who you're going to. All the people here. Know who you're going to. You're going to see Jesus. You're not, you're not doing meditation. You're going to speak to Jesus. And if it's authentic, if it's true, he will come. Give him that reverence. Give him that expectation. But the new norm is if I don't hear from God, it's okay. I read a bit of scripture, listen to YouTube, um, sit with someone, that's it, it's good. I'm happy with that. There's no urgency from Christians today to actually wrestle until God comes. Are we understanding someone? I'm getting a bit comfortable with you now. There's no urgency. I want to hear God. What moves the heart of God? Blessed those who hunger, for they will what? They will be filled. So many people there, they flesh can't sit still. I tell people, this is how you have to be trained. Yeah, but I want to walk and exercise and pray in the Spirit. I, I understand that. Do you want to encounter? Do you want to encounter God? You want to have a, uh, you want to have a, um, uh, how can I say it? You want to have an encounter with Him? Sit still. It's the king of kings, the one who created you, the one that's who you're seeking. Show him this reverence. Christianity today is the new norm. If I don't hear, it's okay. I read a bit of scripture, say a little prayer, thank you, Jesus, go to sleep. There's no urgency. I want to communion with the Lord. I want to fellowship with the Lord. I need to hear, hear from him for my life. It's the truth. This is why so many people, they're not hearing. There's no special recipe it's the truth. He wants people who just want to go and seek him. Especially when you don't need something. Then he really comes. Because he knows that you're genuine. 
So in God's presence, his greatest desire is to teach you wisdom. And wisdom has many beautiful uh, principles. Okay, now let's go to those principles. Oh, sorry, I'm not finished. I'm not finished, I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. By the way, I'm only preaching one principle today. Please don't look at your watch anymore. I'm only preaching one principle. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Just to show you the urgency and the expectation of how you need to approach wisdom. What does it say here? I keep what? I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you what? Spirit of wisdom. Now wisdom is only through the Holy Spirit. And where is the Holy Spirit in us now? But he has many different characters. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that what? When you know him better, you will never depart from him. Why so many people departing from the Lord? Why the people lacking so much from the Lord? Because they don't know him better. What is wisdom designed to do? Now we're going into a deeper level. What is wisdom designed to do? For you to know him better. But I already know Jesus. But that's what you think. I can't tell you. Week by week, month by month, year by year, focusing on to know him better, my heart becomes more deeper in love with him. It's a process. One more scripture before I go in. Proverbs 14.1 in the Amplified. Now, <clears throat> this is scripture for women. Let's have a look here. Now, God bless the women, the mothers and the wives that have an important task. And I can't tell you how much you carry that allows your family to thrive in the Lord. Don't want to preach too much about it because I have a big message. But let's read this here. She has authority to allow her household to thrive or her household to be destroyed. For all the women here, by God's grace, I ask you to receive this. It says here, the wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts and her household thrives. Now isn't that beautiful? That when you're operating in the wisdom of God, naturally it overflows to your children and to your household. But the foolish one who lacks spiritual insight tears it down with her own hands by ignoring godly principles. Now where does wisdom take you? 
It takes you to godly precepts, godly principles. And naturally, like a, like a river, from the husband to the wife, it trickles upon all the children. Naturally. Now we can go in. Now we can start. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. These are the seven principles. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. <coughs> okay, so we ramped, up the whole, we ramped up the whole message to bring us here. Are we ready? Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now, remember last week, I spoke about the doorway of wisdom is through humility. Remember? From the book of Proverbs, humility is the doorway to wisdom. What's the opposite of humility? Pride. So naturally, when you operate in pride, wisdom is resisted. Okay? Good. So he, he shows us, before we enter into wisdom, I must show you the perfect uh, principle in, in a believer's heart that allows wisdom to actually grow. Here, he's shown you humility is the door to wisdom. Next, please. But if you have bitter envy, now he's shown you the opposite of humility. Okay, but I'm not going to preach this one here. This is the opposite of humility and the opposite of uh, wisdom. <coughs> if, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Next, please. <coughs> this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Now, now envy and self-seeking, there there is confusion, confusion and every evil thing are there. This is all demonic. How, how do you feel about that when I say that? How do you actually feel about that when I say that? That where there is envy, today the world is birthed and formed and operating by envy. Where they're self-seeking, everyone's worrying about themselves and their own backyard. Where there is confusion, it's normal to be confused today. Every evil thing are there. He's saying they all belong to the kingdom of darkness. And many believers, they're actually operating in it. And it's okay. Everyone's gone through it. It seems to be the new norm. Next one, please. But the wisdom that is from above is first what? Number one. Number two? Peaceable. Number three, gentle. Number four, number five, and good fruits. Number six, without partiality. And number seven, without hypocrisy. They're the seven principles that took down Goliath. It's actually very powerful. So let's have a look here. Let's have a look, the first principle. Yeah, 938, it's okay. 
So I'll just share a little bit and I'll stop. But I'm just going to give you a preview of this. There's a lot to go through here. So, so Lord, give me wisdom. This is what it sounds like. I said to someone this morning, I don't think anyone's going to pray for wisdom after this message finished. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. The word pure from the Greek is hagnos. The strong is 53. <clears throat> it defines, are you ready? It defines as chaste. Or to be chastened. But the word is chaste. Okay? It defines to be morally pure in thought, behavior, action, speech, and conversation. It's the first area God begins to focus on. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go back. It defines to be pure in thought, pure in your thoughts, pure in your behavior, pure in your actions, pure in your speech, and pure in your conversation. Let's go to, there are three verses that links up with the word chest. Let's go to Titus chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. I'll read one more scripture and then I'll stop. There's meat in here, a lot of meat, and a lot of repentance, let me tell you this. But I thank the Lord that He's with us. Titus chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. So I'm reading from the Amplified, but the word pure in the New King James is chest. So I'm talking about here, it talks about being pure, but that word is chest. Okay, are we ready? Now the first little fruit, or the little fruit that God wants us to focus on, What's the title? The duties of the older and the younger. But I, but I thought there's no duties. When you read the scripture and you really want to learn about God, you will learn. But as for you, teach these things which are in agreement with what? Sound doctrine. But as for you, teach the things which are in agreement with sound doctrine, which produces men and women of good character, whose lifestyle identifies them as true Christians. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in steadfastness, Christ-like in character. Older women, similarly, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious, gossips, nor addicted to much wine, teaching what is right and good, so that they may encourage the young women to tenderly love their husbands and their children. To be sensible, that word pure is chaste. To be sensible, pure, makers of a home where God is honored. Good 
natured, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Okay, I'll let you feed on that when you go home. Slowly. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. Now, this is the first principle of wisdom. The first principle of wisdom. What does God want to do in your life? He wants to bring order in your life. Is that how you're treating Him and your journey with Him? Is it? Is that how you're treating Him and your walk with Christ? He wants to bring order in your life. Right? Is that how you're treating Him? Because wisdom naturally was designed to bring order in your life, to become like Him more. Is your prayer life and the reading of the Word and your focus in general built around that? Because if it's not, then it's false. And that's the truth. Because wisdom deals with your behavior, it deals with your actions, it deals with your speech, it deals with every part of your life. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1, these are the three scriptures that defines as the word chast. It says, oh, that you would bear with me a little folly, and indeed do bear with me. Now he's frustrated. He's frustrated at that church. And I'll share with you why. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband. Now the New King James says chast. That word's wrong. It's chast. I've chastened you to one husband. Anyways. Oh, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. It's down here. Yeah. So I have, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, what's that mean to us today? It means that we haven't defiled ourselves, and we haven't had intimacy with anything of sin, of the world, of lust, of flesh, and we've been truly pure to Christ. Now Paul is angry with this church because they're listening to other people where their focus is not that message. Are you listening? Paul is angry that there are other people here. Today we have them in this world. They're called grace preachers. They preach. They preach. Except Christ, that's it. It's finished. You walk with him, that's it. It's just the beginning. It's called the hyper grace and it's destroyed so many believers today because it hasn't prepared them to actually change. All they do is focus on what Jesus done at the cross, not what Jesus done at their hearts. And Paul here is dealing with them again because he's saying 
He's saying not to fall in love with anything other than, other than what Christ is. So imagine what they fall in love with other than Christ. So it says here, For I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chest virgin to Christ. Next scripture, please. But I fear, now he's scared. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, there is another Jesus out there, and if they tell you everything's easy, run for your life. I'll tell you this, run for your life. If I ever tell you that the journey with Christ is very easy, you too run for, from this place, run for your life. Because it's not easy. But with Christ, he'll give us the grace to overcome everything. He says, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. You will have troubles, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now anything easy, it sounds good and comforting, but it will never change you. And yes, he, when his love comes upon you, yes, there's a transformation. There is a deep healing that he does in you. But this is more about the change and to resist the things that are in this world. Now he says here, for he who comes preaching another Jesus. So they're preaching another Jesus that doesn't promote change. Are we getting at someone here? They're coming now teaching another Jesus that you, that you can be in love and you can go after things that are not of Christ. So they're coming with another Jesus that doesn't prompt change in heart. It doesn't prompt true repentance. It doesn't prompt for those idols to be destroyed in you. Are we understanding someone? So there is a Jesus out there and it's not true. So don't go listening to YouTube and listening to other people where you don't know what they're actually doing. If God's entrusted you here, sit and hear and get fed because there is another easy gospel out there where you can have many gods and many idols in your heart that didn't give you the grace to actually change. So Paul had that battle in his journey. It's still here today. And yes, there is two lines of it. So many people that are miserable. And, and there's, there's either line of it. But there is a good healthy balance with the love of God and the fear of God. It's a good balance. But he, see, he says, For he who comes preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you've received a different spirit which you have not received, or a diff different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with that. So they were accepting anything that Jesus' name of what they were actually sharing. And he was at war with them because they weren't prompting change. They were falling in love. Their pure devotion to Christ was slowly escaping from their life. I'll close with this scripture here. Romans 16.10, please. 
Romans 16, 10 to 19. <clears throat> now there is a blessing here in this scripture. Their, their, their faith was known around the whole world. Their faith was known around the whole world. <clears throat> Let me read it to you. It's beautiful scripture. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Now here he's talking about standing the test. Okay? Let's read this very carefully. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Now there's a test that we have to undergo. And wisdom will allow you to conquer that. Greet those who belong to the household of Astorobulus, Aristobulus. Those names are good names. <laughs> They're actually good names. <laughs> Greet Heredian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Let's not start correcting me, please. Because <laughs> then I'll make you read it. <laughs> okay, so greet Trifina, Trifosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Now there's a test, they're working hard. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, that's a funny name. Greet Rufus, <laughs> chosen in the Lord, and his mother who has been a mother to me. A spiritual mother. Greet a Sinecris. Phlegon. <laughs> I can't even say those names. Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philogos, Gilia, Neros, and his sister. <laughs> and I should get Pastor Tony to come read them out. <laughs> and Olympus and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be what? I want you to be wise what is good and innocent about what is evil. So it begins to show you here. He rejoiced in how they were operating in wisdom. And the true wisdom that comes from God that will allow your faith to stand the test and for you to work hard in the Lord are found here. I want you. He's further commemorating them. I want your obedience to increase furthermore to do good to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil and he said as a result of this the whole world recognized the true faith that was in them 
and wisdom was the key for them to actually be known around the whole world. Isn't that powerful? And what is the true meaning of wisdom? It's this here. Wisdom is the doorway to obedience, but it's actually even more powerful to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. So the true wisdom of God accepts everything that is good and it's innocent about what is evil. It doesn't participate in those things. Now this is regarding pure. But there's a test that you have to undergo. Paul talked about that they stood the test. And he said that they worked hard for the Lord. So they stood the test, they worked hard for the Lord, and he gave them the true meaning of what it means to work hard for the Lord and to stand the test. It's in this one here. To be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Isn't that interesting? That he's commemorating all those people in the book of Romans 16 about what it means to stand the test and what it means to work hard for the Lord. And that's the major key that I got from that scripture. He said the whole world, in the Greek it says, the whole world has recognized their faith. Are we listening someone? Is that how you treat wisdom in your heart? Be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. When you're innocent regarding what is evil, you will not allow the enemy to come near you through people, through the way he functions, through the way he tries to target you, you would be a target only for God in your life. Right? Because if you're innocent about what is evil, you would want to keep hell so far away from you and to only focus on the good to please the Lord. It's true, right? But we're talking here about the first principle of wisdom, to be pure. I haven't even touched what God truly means about being pure with him but I'm going to stop here now because there's so much teaching and I want it to be received I don't want to rush but this is what I'm going to begin to share now the definitions I'm not going to show any more scriptures I'm going to show you the definition of each principle and how to grow in wisdom and the first one isn't that interesting the first one is pure. What does the Bible say? Create in me what? You begin to see what God wants from us. Is that how you're approaching the Lord? Is that how you're approaching the Lord? Is it? If it's not, change. Don't get caught up in the wrong things. Don't die to the wrong things. Is that your devotion? Is that your true desire? Is that your true motive to grow in wisdom? Is it? Question yourself. I'm here to tell you, you must question yourself today. Because imagine walking with the Lord and you're, you're not succeeding in the area that He wants you to focus on. So many people ask me, where is God working in your heart? Come, I'll show you every day what He speaks with me. There's many. But to be around people who are lost through the word of God, they're lost through their spiritual walk, they're lost with their desire to walk with God, puzzles me. Because when you read the scripture to learn, when you read the scripture to grow, 
when you read the scripture to imitate Christ, there is so much to work on. It's right. So the Holy Spirit brought it to our attention now that we are to invest so much in the wisdom of God. And isn't it interesting, the first foundation of wisdom, God wants a pure heart. Imagine, Lord, give me the gifts. Lord, use me for your glory and you don't have a pure heart. You're deceived. Because then you're doing it for yourself, not for God. True? Imagine you're praying for God to do whatever he needs to do for me and you don't have a pure heart. But I have a pure heart. How do you know? How do you actually know? You will see when I finish this message. You will see the traits of a pure heart, the good soil that prepares a pure heart and how it functions and operates. And you will be shocked about how someone operates out of the pureness of Christ. It's a wake-up call. The Holy Spirit showed me some deep truths there of how so many people are operating and they, they cannot see it. So here, we have to establish the right foundation. But isn't it interesting? God wants to focus on the first foundation of wisdom to be pure. Pure. Lord Jesus, I pray for wisdom. Let's focus on a pure heart. What's really inside of you? Lord Jesus, can you begin to show me? Holy Spirit, show me. And then he starts. And then the wrestle begins. Remember? It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Because that's a true testimony that you've accepted God's will for your life. What is God's will for your life? That you grow in wisdom. Is that your ambition? Is that your desire? That I need to become pure like Christ? This is simple teaching, right? Yeah, it's a deep teaching. Because it's an internal work. Where you fed yourself the opposite all your life. Is that how you're contacting the Lord? Is that how you're contacting me through the way you pray? Lord, make me pure. Lord, make me clean. You start to see the areas that Jesus wants us to focus on. The Bible says that we are to be spotless and blameless at the day of the Lord. It shows you that Jesus wants to come back to a bride that has actually purified itself. Now thank the Lord because he's establishing sound doctrine in our hearts and establishing us the way that he wants us to grow. So anyone tells you that there is an easy way for you to come to Christ, I say it again, run for your life. Because there are many people like that that feed their own appetite, their sinful nature, they haven't changed. And they tell you how easy it is to follow Jesus. They haven't changed.
uh, we'll stop here now. I won't get tempted to keep going because the meat is after this. And I had more for you here too. So can I say something with you humbly? <coughs> the way that I pray for people now, it's going to begin to change. The Holy Spirit did speak with me, not to offend anyone in this place. But the way that I begin to pray for people is going to begin to change. Um, and I'll share later why. But something that I'll share with you, there's got to be a greater respect and a greater reverence that when you come up here to pray, God wants order. Your breakthrough is in your order. Are we listening, fellow? I won't leave you, I'll always be here for you. But there are some things that you have to walk out, there are some things you have to grow in. And yes, we walk along each other with this. But there's a greater reverence that God wants me to show here in this place um, where we are not just to come for the sake of it. And the Holy Spirit um, stopped me from throwing myself everywhere to pray on anyone and do anything. It's going to be very different in this place. And I say it humbly, let God call you before you come and call him. Because he knows when you're ready. He knows when you're ready to repent. He knows when you're ready for the blessing. He knows when you're ready for the direction. He knows when you're ready to hear certain truths. Let him call you if you really believe that God is going to speak through me. That's not to say I will not pray on people, but I'm just sharing with you there's a greater reverence that God wants me to give when I pray. And that means I'm going to be very limited um, and not throw myself everywhere to pray on anyone. Okay, so I just shared that with you. Don't get offended, don't get discouraged by me, but I'm actually protecting you. And I'm protecting God's presence that's here. Okay? So let God call you. Let the Holy Spirit speak with you. Don't rush. Don't rush coming for your breakthrough or trying to close doors where, you genuinely don't, where you're genuinely not ready to close doors. Let God do it. Okay? This place, it's holy. When you come here, you're not contacting me anymore. You're coming to Christ. And that's why so many people are getting rebuked when they come here. And I'll say it humbly. Now I'll say something humbly to you. That's why so many people, when they come here, they're getting rebuked. Okay, so I wish to draw a line now. I wish to draw a line here. When you're not ready to come, you don't come. The last six months, the amount of people that got rebuked because they're boastful in God's presence, they're coming to think that I won't see about what's really happening is way beyond me. And I am seeing some things I don't say, some things I cherish in my heart, but show respect to God because you're coming to him, not to me. And that means show greater reverence to the Holy Spirit because if you want to see true breakthrough, if you want to see true results, if you want to see true direction, show him a bit of reverence. 
the people that come here and there are things hidden and there are things that they're operating in, um, most of them got rebuked by me with warnings. And I don't like to do that to everyone. So I'm actually protecting you from taking a step back and actually beginning to focus on order in your heart, in your mind, and in your life. Okay? It's clear, everyone? So don't just be someone, yeah, I'll just get prayer. No, I'll just do that. And deep down, the Holy Spirit's going to speak. And I wish just to, for this season now, just to refrain myself and just to listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be praying on everyone. Okay? Focus on order in your life. Share one story. The girl's not here. On Sunday. Is she here? No, she's not here. On Sunday, this girl was... On, I want to share what the Holy Spirit said to me before I started to pray on Sunday and why he's um, protecting this place. He's protecting this place because he wants to reveal himself here. And when, where there's pride to come and think you can get a solution without truly going through that place of repentance, building good character, building order in your life, building obedience, then you're in deception. If you think you can come here to God's presence and think that I can get a solution, I can get my breakthrough without going through the procedure and the process, then you're deceived. This is why he told me to draw a line. Now, on the other hand, the Holy Spirit showed me that I'm going to begin to see deeper. And I'll give you a little example. The, a lady with MS came here on Sunday. <coughs> God bless her. She's been su suffering with this sickness for a very long time. And the Holy Spirit shared with me roughly around 20 years that a witch doctor, this is what I was seeing, I got taken into a vision that a witch doctor gave her a tea, like a herbal, fruity tea drink to drink. And he was a spiritual person and he was friendly. But the moment that she drank it, the illness entered her body. And the Holy Spirit said to me last week that you're going to begin to see and to give solution to people through, through me to allow people to be restored. And there's a good balance, but I come to pray for her, and the Holy Spirit said many things, but he said this to her. <coughs> I come to pray for a healing, and the Holy Spirit said, I can't come in yet. And I never, I never hear the Holy Spirit speak like that to me. I can't enter a person. It's not to hurt or attack this lady. This lady is genuine. I've never heard the Holy Spirit say, I can't enter. As in, he's telling me that there's a problem. 
And I said, Holy Spirit, what's going on? And he showed me that she cursed someone. She was in a, unfortunately, in a hard relationship before, her marriage before a long time. And she cursed that man. And the, the, the words that she released rebounded and entered her body. And it was only until she confessed and released those words, she released those words that the anointing of God came upon her. And the Holy Spirit wants me to begin to respect His anointing, to respect His presence, and not to be loose just to throw myself on anyone. Because He wants to bring order in all our lives. And laying hands should be done in a genuine way, not just to, not just to pray and lay hands and do anything. Though I'm all for it. But God wants to bring order in this place because he wants to manifest himself greater in this place. And I'm respecting him first before myself. He does the work and he will tell me how I should operate. Okay, everyone? So just a, just a tool for you today. Focus on order in your life. What I tell you, take it home, let it work on your heart, let it focus on your journey before you come to contact the Holy Spirit. Okay, everyone? I said what I said, the rest is up to you. And like I said, I, we're in a season now, God's focusing on order. And, and I will be praying, but just, understand what I'm saying. Don't take anything out of context what I'm saying, okay? Okay. He wants to manifest himself greater in this place. There has to be a deeper reverence to the Holy Spirit. All right, we, we'll pray. And like I said, if you're fighting something, if you're fighting something and you need us to pray, we are here. I'm not rejecting anyone, but show respect to God's presence. That's all. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. As you desire, Lord, you begin to strengthen them, Lord, to be founded on your truth and to be people who are principled on godly principles and founded on your true wisdom. Well, God's presence here. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. Lord, I pray for each heart today, each soul that is here, that they are planted 
and they are strengthened by your Holy Spirit. I pray for the spirit of wisdom to be imparted to them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they may focus on what is true and what is pure to you, Lord. Thank you for everything. We love you, Lord. In this place, Lord, and in our hearts, we love you so much. And we honor you, Lord. We show reverence and respect to you and the Holy Spirit for what you're going to do here and what you're going to do in their life. Thank you, Lord. We love you so much. And we honor you. I pray for all the people here that their commitment hasn't been true. They come and go as they want. I pray, Lord, that you strengthen them from today to commit to you and to be true to you so they don't treat you like this anymore. Thank you, Lord. I pray a deep reverence and respect to you, Lord, and the way they treat you and walk with you to be imparted in their hearts. Thank you, Lord. Help them today, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Help them today. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. And we honor you for what you're going to do for all of us here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We show you a greater respect, Holy Spirit, that no one can come boasting in your presence, but they come in humility, coming to seek refuge and breakthrough from you. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I pray for true freedom to come, but a deep reverence to show towards you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. there are newcomers here that haven't given their life to Christ if there are people here that want to surrender their life to Christ the platform is open thank you Jesus <coughs> 